Hi everyone, we'll be sharing today from the DT in Psalm 34. Before we hop in and talk about the different verses, I just wanted to share something from the NIV application commentary. And it made this observation that this psalm is somewhat like a prototype of the Beatitudes later on in Matthew chapter 5. We see a bunch of different parallels. For example, in the Beatitudes, it talks about those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn. And then here in verse 18, it says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, saves the crushed in spirit. In the Beatitudes, it talks about those who are persecuted will receive the kingdom of heaven. And here in verse 17, it says, When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and he delivers. We also see in the Beatitudes, Hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the pure in heart. And again, in today's psalm, you see in verse 10, Those who seek the Lord lack no good things. Verse 14, Those who seek peace and pursue it, who keep their tongue from evil, keep your lips from speaking deceit. And all these ways are different parallels. And the commentator goes on to note then that the parallels are not exact, of course. But the tenor of the two passages are remarkably similar. Blessing from God comes to those who eschew the powers, tactics of the world and rely wholly on God as refuge. Such people suffer persecution and want in worldly measure, but are filled with the blessings that come only from God. The conclusions of both passages are telling. For Matthew, those who are insulted, persecuted, and falsely accused for the sake of Christ are blessed because their reward is great in heaven. And Psalm 34 similarly concludes that although a righteous person may have many troubles, the Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. And I thought that was just an interesting parallel and something that we can see as we look at this passage in deeper detail. So many times in this Psalm 34, David says, The Lord heard him, saved him out of all his fears, all his troubles. And one thing we can learn from David is he knows that God is personally and intimately involved in David's life. He's not just some distant God who watches and doesn't care. That is the way a lot of other religions or Greek myths portray gods, but that is not the God of the Bible. I see how God wants us to pray to him. In verse 15, this description of God jumped out this time. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. God is looking to help the righteous and to hear their cries. Because in verse 19, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We as Christians are righteous not because we're never in trouble or don't sin, but because we are in a right relationship with God. And David's Psalm shows us that someone in a right relationship with God is one who cries out to God for help. We cannot be self-sufficient. Like the young lions that suffer want and hunger in verse 10, they will not experience the deliverance that David experienced here. And I've experienced the aspect of God saving me when I cried out to him. I thought about different points in my life when I felt afraid. As we were preparing for the senior retreat this weekend, the first EC-wide senior retreat, I thought about my senior year. What were my fears back then? Fear of the unknown. What is life after college like? Fear of unemployment. I didn't have a job lined up when I graduated. Didn't get a job until close to the end of that summer. Fear of failure when I got my first job. Fear of law school when I got in. Fear of being single for the rest of my life. Fear of marriage. What if I'm making the biggest mistake of my life? Fear of motherhood. What if I'm a terrible mother? Fear of people's approval, not getting the approval of my boss, my friends and family, people at church. Fear of failure in ministry, or fear of quitting my job to go into full-time ministry. Fear of moving to a new place to start a new church. As I look back on my life, I see how Psalm 34:4 is so true. Whenever I sought the Lord, He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Not to say that things were easy all the time, but God heard my cries and He saved me from my fears. And with each step of obedience and trust, I just learned that God is indeed trustworthy with more and more areas of my life. So the challenge now is, will I continue in this path? 
will I still humble myself to be like that poor man who cried out, as it says in verse 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. There will be new challenges and fears in life, and will I want to rely on myself or on God? And in verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. This reminds me that God is the one who is near and who saves, but I need to humbly admit that I am brokenhearted, I am crushed in spirit, and I can't save myself when I'm faced with a new situation that strikes fear in me. And as I have experienced God's comfort when I feel like I'm in a situation beyond my own strength, I can look into the future with greater confidence that whatever fearful situation may come, the Lord will be near, the Lord will save me. Amen. And I just want to add a little bit to that. I think what happens to us when we face fearful situations, we start to look down inward to ourselves. Oh, I got to work hard. I got to protect myself. I just hope this will pass. And how often do we actually turn to the Lord? And I think one thing that we see in David is that he turns to the Lord. He expressed to the Lord all of his fears. And then he was able to experience God being his refuge. And so I think for us as well, when we face these fears, Let's turn to God. Let's give him the opportunity to work and be that comfort for us. And I think that's one way in which we can apply this passage. And the verse I wanted to focus on was verse 8. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And I thought about this verse. How have I experienced this to be true? I really like this expression, taste and see, because I feel like that's what the life of faith looks like. You never go into something fully confident that it'll work out, but you know enough about God and his promises to take that step forward. As you do that, you start to see that indeed the Lord is good and there's blessing in those who take refuge in him. Right now at the age of 40, I have a lot of life to look back on. And there were times when I held back from following God. I wanted to taste and see what the world had to offer, especially in the areas of ambition, to pour myself into success, maximizing my life. And what did I see as I tasted that? I saw a life that was actually increasingly insular, alienated from others because they became my competitors and evaluators and full of fear and anxiety as I had to take care of myself. I got places, but at a big cost. So even when I achieved it, it did not feel like blessing. But then there were other times when I was convicted by his word and compelled by his love to obey. I remember a decision I made to move to San Diego from San Francisco. It went against what the world told me, but I wanted to obey. And I tasted what life would look like clearly putting the world second and God first. And I experienced the thrill of watching people come to know God, the church growing from a tiny mustard seed to a huge church that could send people to plant churches elsewhere, life full of people and relationships whom I can call precious and would pour out for me. And what I saw was that the Lord is good and bless those who take refuge in Him. And that's what I've continued to experience throughout my life. Over time, it's become something I've grown in confidence towards. And it's not just in these big decisions as where to move and what kind of church to plant, but actually daily, we have small opportunities to taste and see, to choose to move towards someone instead of saying selfish, to prioritize his word or prayer over something you need to get done, to serve rather than to be served. And I want all of us to take these chances to taste and see. It's these experiences that will solidify our conviction that God is good and which will open up our heart to greater acts of faith in the future. And so that's all we have to share for today. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.